I'm John Shaw. Welcome to Third Sign, where we navigate popular culture through Black Flame. I'm Jared McGee, and our topic today is social justice warriors, snowflakes, pseudos, and posers. John, who's our guest tonight? Our guest tonight is Alder Strauss. He's a warlock in the Church of Satan, and he's an expert dabbler in all things focusing on society and Satanism. Welcome to the show, Alder. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you for coming on. Listen, <laughs> first question right off the bat, what is going on in the world, Alder? Oh, man, a lot of craziness. Honestly, uh, it just seems to be everywhere now from all angles, and it, it's so hard to just focus on one thing without being torn to another. I mean, really, where do you begin? <laughs> so That's exactly what I was just thinking. Where do you begin? Yeah. Um, so what comes to mind first when we start thinking of social justice warriors? Oh, well, I mean, we can start with a definition. I mean, yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are introduced to the social justice warrior um, definition or, or, you know, acronym, SAW, through um, a lot of these protests. Um, I think first and foremost, a lot of it is just what you see on uh, campus happening in, uh, you know, a lot of liberal kinds of colleges where you have a lot of people who get up in arms about what it seems to be this, the, the smallest amount of things, you know. Uh, you know, you hear, like, trigger warnings usually follow that, um, safe spaces. <laughs> Uh, microaggressions. But really, a long story short, the social justice warrior is somebody I feel that looks for um, a cause to fight for and an oppressive entity to fight against for the overall perceived betterment of, of everybody. Is it for everybody? Well, yeah, I mean, right. that, that's really subjective. I mean, it certainly doesn't it's certainly not something that could be agreeable for everybody, definitely. I mean, that's probably why we're having this show, is that there's a lot of contention between what is happening with these social justice warriors and what the people that don't agree with their, their methods, um, you know, are, um, you know, uh, coming back at them about, you know, um, are raising arms about, if you will. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And then, you know, mentioning, is it for everyone? Realistically, you, you can't, what, I, I'm not even sure how to phrase it. We're, 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 we're going for something here, and yet you can't please everyone. So how would you possibly make some sort of a stand when half of the people out there might disagree completely with you? Yeah, I mean, that's, that seems to be the contention. But then again, there's, there's almost like... Um, uh, a push pull yin yang kind of kind of thing when you when you have just about every topic you know uh, I think one of the biggest issues uh, with social justice warriors is is the way that they approach these things you know like it's it's a very ideological uh, kind of mindset whereas you know I th I feel a lot of them and I don't want to speak for any of them but just the way they present themselves is that you know they they tend to be of a young age group and they come in and they they're very impressionable. And less this, this is the reason why a lot of it's happening at campuses, because they, they get into these liberal environments where these professors are like, well, you know, colonialization, um, you know, women have been subjugated, you know, and so they, they see that there's these important aspects of, like, feminism and, you know, uh, equal rights and that kind of thing. But then they just take it and they just develop it as, like, a runaway train. So uh, anything that seems to be as a blockade to that, 
um, they don't try to understand that blockade. They just smash through it without even wanting to listen to it. You know, and so the betterment for everyone is that, well, you know, if, if all women from all backgrounds and, and, and all uh, cultures and uh, all wage, you know, uh, you know, wage ranges and that kind of thing, if they all uh, worked um, and went to, under this one banner, this one cause, it would be better for, for everyone, you know, all, all women or all this other thing, and all people of this age or all people of this religion or all people of, of this, you know, whatever, you know? And so if, if we made it so there's like a level playing field for all these people, you know, everyone would benefit, you know, everyone would understand them. Everyone would wake up. They, these oppressive forces would stop <laughs> keeping them down and we'd all be better for it in the long run. You know, right. oppressive laws would change, you know, uh, you know, it'd be like a bright new sunshiny day kind of thing. So. Do you think like, like you said earlier, it, it's, it's, uh, the younger crowd that's that's uh, doing yeah. this. Uh, do you think it's because of their sense of entitlement? Does that have anything to do with their need for to, to be social justice warriors? <clears throat> could you could you elaborate on entitlement? Maybe probably not. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know, like, like you know, because they're, they're the kids today, they're coddled. These millennials and things like that. They're they're coddled. Okay. They're thinking that everyone is special and everyone has a right okay. to win and everybody gets the trophy, no matter who yeah. played or not. So that type of thing, do they feel? Well, I'm I'm special. I'm Johnny two time. I'm I can do whatever I want, and you know, it gives them this this, this sense of uh, being a social justice warrior. It makes it okay for them. Is that do you think that that have some truth to it or no? I see what you mean by entitlement. You mean by like um, uh, like equity, like they, you know, just because they're in the race, they need to have some sort of recognition, even if they're like 12th place kind of thing, yeah. or everything's got to, everything's got to come up roses. And, you know, they, they, they can get like, they can maybe not work as hard as the other person getting the A, but they at least want maybe an A, but it can be a different color. Like <laughs> the mark can be a different color or, you know, um, I honestly think uh, a lot of the issue is that they just haven't been subjected to the reality that sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Yeah, or they just flat out deny it. Yeah. Or or they deny it or they have, I mean, when it comes to it, I think it's their parents' responsibility who've been like, okay, life's not always fair. Life's going to like, you know, throw you Mm -hmm. down the dirt. But it's up to you to pick yourself up and dust off and keep going. I mean, or seriously, the worst thing you could ever do in life in any avenue, any field, is just to give up. Yeah. But there might be even the worse thing, and that's ignoring the reality that sometimes life doesn't work in your favor. Hmm. So maybe the problem is they're not taught these things uh, by their parents. Yeah. It starts in, it starts in the household. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, think a, I think most things would, wouldn't it? it I think should. I think you got a point there, uh, both of you. I think I think that's I think that's pretty right on. I mean, you know, parents. I'm not a parent myself, so I can't really speak for parents. But with my upbringing, I was never told that I'm always a winner. You know, I was encouraged yeah. to do things, and a lot of what I found was that oh, you know, you know, I wasn't popular. At some point, I was picked on quite a bit. But now looking back and reflecting on that, I'm like, okay, there's there's a reason for that. And it's yeah. like, well, don't give a fuck what people <clears throat> think about you. Um, prove them wrong by being the best you can be. You know, give it 110%. Yeah. 
and you know right. you're going to and you're going to lose sometimes, but learn the lesson and apply that better the next time. Mm-hmm. And I think there's that that fundamental piece of the puzzle that's that's missing with these. And I think that's just I think that part of it's just like part of the catalyst of of what goes on from there. And we talk about these social justice warriors, and I always like to differentiate that from the civil rights and the civil liberties era. Mm-hmm. So what kind of things do you think is are being taught now to these people that have social justice warriors so up in arms about what seems in many cases to be nothing versus 40 and 50 years ago when there was some blatantly, blatantly uh, wrong things that needed to be corrected? What do you think the difference is between now and then? Um, you're thinking like civil rights era, Jim Crow days, say maybe. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, when, when they did things at a college campus, you know, no one looking back would deny. And maybe, you know, time is a factor here, but realistically, what was the burning at college? Uh, what happened at Berkeley? What, what was that all about? And, you know, is, does that even deserve to be in the same conversation as what was happening in the fifties and sixties? You know what I mean? No. Yeah, no, no, exactly. I mean, I, I think it's explicit versus um, what they perceive as, I guess you could say, implicit. I mean, back in the days, there was definitely, there definitely was laws on the books. You know, the civil rights movement, and then Jim Crow was starting to be dismantled in, in the mid-50s. And then Martin Luther King picked up in the 60s, and there was a civil rights movement. And, you know, Martin Luther King was saying, let's not make it a thing of, of black supremacy. Let's not attack people who are white. Let's not scapegoat them. Let's make our protests nonviolence. Let's go out there and lead by example. And let's make it so that, you know, let's desegregate things and make it so that, you know, kids of all color can be in the same school room and have the same opportunity of education. I think a lot of that's been lost nowadays. And back in the day, it was explicit. You know, you had like uh, the Voting Rights Act, and then there was, uh, oh, what was the other one? Yeah, I think the it was like one, yeah. Civil, there was like the Civil Rights Statement or something. I forget the exact law name, but those were in, in the mid-60s that came about. And then the Jim Crow laws, that was really the tail end of that. And then that was where it was explicit, where there's laws on the book that said you can be fine if you date or marry um, a person of color if you're white, or you know if you use the same fountain as somebody that has it marked <laughs> them and not you, so on, you know so on and so forth. But now, I believe what's happening is is they're taking all that stuff, and, and like you know if somebody says the N word now on a, on a campus or on a speed, you know like you hear the book um, Huckleberry Finn has been banned because of his you know its use of the N word. Like I think there's like 200 times it's been used. <clears throat> Even though that was a product wow. at the time that was prominent, you know, so right. they they look at oh you know you a, a teacher's teaching this book you know nowadays a teacher's teaching this book um he's he's purporting a, a racist you know agenda he hates black people he is not sympathetic to, to black students in the class even though it's, an, it's a book of history you know and so what they're doing now is they, they see this past and from and they're trying to take these explicit elements of history. And, and, and assuming there's an implicit force, that's going to become an explicit thing again. I think it's that that ignorance and fear that's starting to manifest nowadays, and they feel that it's like a, a slippery slope into some kind of like, as they like to throw the word around, fascist kind of regime where they're going to be stomped and trampled on, or their friends are going to be deported, or their uh, <clears throat> other friends are going to be you know beaten up in the street. The color of skin. I, I think you know, the only thing getting trampled on is our First Amendment. 
that's probably the only thing that's really getting trampled on with behavior. Yeah. I mean, it's like, they don't realize the impact of what they're doing, you know, how big it is or what, what it can do. Everything's being attacked. You can't say anything now. You can't say things. You're going to offend someone. Yeah. And on top of that, there's this rage that's coming along and then they're they're out here. They're worried about what's being said. They're angry about what's being said, and then they kick it up to that next level. They start throwing rocks and flipping cars and setting things on fire. And I, I can't help but think: Do you want the amendments to be you know abolished? Because the more you loot and the more you riot, the more ammo you're going to give people uh, and give the government to come in and restrict it further. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, that's that's interesting. I um, I looked at some like you know Facebook threads. You know, like the whole trend. Uh, the whole trending news thing, and you click on that, there's a bunch of posted articles, and you can read the, the comments and, and the goings back and forth. And some people's defense to the whole riots in, in, in protests and whatnot have been, well, the First Amendment is the government can't interfere with freedom of speech, and, and, and that's true. Um, however, you know, a lot of amendments do have it in, in implicit, and, and we're kind of against this word right now, but it's saying, well, but you can't really interfere with another person's right to say something. You know, and other people yeah. said, well, it's a college campus, it's a government institute, so vicariously through that, it, it would still apply. But but let's look at the issue where you brought it, Jared, concerning the, you know, not just protesting, but throwing of rocks, um, burning, um, you know, even like uh, violence and assault. Destroying on other, property. Yeah. 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 And um, destroying property is... Obviously, it's an illegal act. So when we come down to it, when we cut through it all, we're looking at the fact that, you know, it's okay. I feel it's okay to protest. You you can protest all you want. You can raise a stink. But the things you can't do is oppress other people's or infringe on other people's rights to have, um, you know, access to to other people's opinions, Um, you know, which is an actual, it is a fascist, (laughs) it is a fascist element. Imagine that. People yelling fascism. Fight fascism and, with fascism, I always say. Yeah, it, it, yeah, and and you obviously you cannot throw rocks, and I think somebody threw like some Molotov cocktails, and, and that's really of fucking dangerous. And or you can't, you know, um, punch somebody for having a different belief, um, just because they have a different belief. I mean, that's when it crosses the line. You just reminded me of something. Uh, we have, we have questions from from yeah, that's right. Some of our viewers and stuff, and this this is a perfect time to ask this. Uh, when you mentioned punching, what's your opinion? Uh, Josh Armenta uh, wants to know. Thanks, Josh, for your questions. Uh, what is your opinion on the current rhetoric that says it's okay to physically assault people considered Nazis, i.e., Richard Spencer? It's not. It's simple answer. It's not okay. I mean, <laughs> are you really that threatened by someone else's speech? I mean, like if, if the guy came into your house, said, "Well, me being a Nazi means I get to." To, to beat you and, and harm your kids and, you know, take your wife and all this other stuff. Yeah, then you might, yeah, not, not you might. Obviously, you would have um, uh, grounds for punching him because it is self-defense. But just because somebody is in, I think it happened in, like, the streets, right? I saw the video, and it, like, happened yeah. in which is a public sphere. But regardless of public or private, it's not okay to, to hit mm-hmm. somebody because they have a different ideology than you, even if it's a really hateful, destructive one. 
Yeah, and, and realistically, when we're looking at this, we're talking about things people are saying. It's not like it's 1775 and they're coming, you know, they are coming to kill you or arrest you. It's This isn't the colonial war, you know, we're not rebelling against anyone. We're disagreeing with someone in a large group of people. That's what we're doing. We're disagreeing with an idea. And you don't take it past a certain point. Right. I agree. You know, there's limits. I mean, because then it's like, it's a two-way street. So if you can punch somebody for being a Nazi, can they punch you for being a liberal or a conservative or a neutral? I mean, you know, it's like, if you're accept, <laughs> if you're okay with that, shouldn't you punch them and, and accept the consequences of them being able to do the same to you? You know, if, if that's what you want to do. And then take that, you know, spend the time in jail because that's what's going to happen. So he, his second question was, uh, what about the concept of no free speech for fascists? It's kind of fit into the whole thing there. No free. I mean, again, it's a choice free. I mean, um, fascists have, you know, every right in in this country to say that we don't want to hear from this particular color person, or this particular newspaper should be censored, or this group's an idiot, or or, or women or men this. You know, it, you know, like it's words. You know, the whole sticks and stones. Um, has seemed to be forgotten for the fact that words tend to be like an atom bomb now, as as opposed to yeah. just like getting scratches and bruises <laughs> on the stick. So, so yeah, it case seems to be yeah. a case in point. This this uh, recent thing with Milo uh, Snuffleupagus or whatever his name is. Snuffleupagus, yeah. Okay, Smurfopolis. Yeah. Smurfopolis. He he was Metropolis. Uh, <laughs> you know, all he was doing was going to have a talk, and he was giving this speech or talk to people that wanted to hear him talk, yet it was shut down by fascists, right? Is that what happened? Did I get that right? Uh, it was, I think it was like a president or a spokesperson of the university who had authority over, because I mean, he was invited by, I think he's always been invited by um, um, like political clubs and groups on the campus that, sympathize with his speech or you know whoever it doesn't matter who even people who are opponents of him could invite him as um a speaker of from from another view yeah but the point is he was he was invited he like him people like him ben shapiro uh christina hoff summers and 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 like even larry elder and some other people who are quite unpopular with these radical leftists because they speak in facts and statistics, right? But that's, you know, that's, we can address that later, but. That's an F word, by the way, fact. That's an F word. <laughs> yeah. Just keep yeah. that in mind. Four letter it's also a four letter word, literally. <laughs> so, um, but back to what we're saying is that he was invited and shutting him, like, you know, he was shut down because it grew violent, because people's safety was put in jeopardy. And, and that's just, that's just disgusting. You know, that's just, it's just terrible to, you know, because like, again, back to the whole, should free speech be um, not allowed for, for fascist people? Well, in, you know, I mean, I feel that it's doing people worse, um, a, you know, a, a disjustice or a disfavor of silencing uh, another person's opinion, because then how do you know um, what he's saying and, and how can you prepare to say, quote, body against him? I feel that he should be as welcome as anyone else. You know, it, it's up to the discretion of the university whether or not they want to have him up there. He's not entitled or he shouldn't have an, an automatic right to be there 
um, if he's not invited, he can't just walk up and say, I demand space and now I'm going to talk. You know, he has to yeah. be invited. And, and that's what he is. He's, he's invited and he goes and he tries to speak. People hear of it. People assume all this hate speech coming from him. They make protests. They block people from going in and seeing the event. And then violence has ensued. Um, it seems like anymore we've got two types of protesters. We've got the kinds that are going to go out and pretty much destroy half of everything. And then we've got the kind who are going to protest from Facebook and never get off their couch. Uh, it, no one seems to go out there and just hold their sign anymore. You know, you're either throwing a rock or you're, you know, posting articles about why it's wrong. Well, <clears throat> to keep you know, yeah, keyboard war. I mean, a lot of the ones at the protests... Um, the same thing with Donald Trump is a lot of people that were protesting were just holding signs out in the street. But the ones that are radical and even one of the ones that some of the ones that weren't invited or weren't really taking sides, you know, some people just go and they see all this stuff happening and then they use that as an excuse to um, go out there and destroy things. I think what they're called like black block, black block, black block. Or black, I think. Black block, block, I thought block. it was. Yeah. Well, I, I, thought thought it, I thought so. <clears throat> <laughs> because they dress up and like they look like ninjas, you know, like you know. Yeah, all those that's the one that had uh, the Nazi guy. Yeah, they go, and they guy. Things, you know? they they go like and ninjas and they act like Beverly Hills ninjas. Yeah, they go <laughs> and they destroy things, and they're like, <laughs> it's like it's like most cowardless. It's the most cowardly thing to do is they come in all masked up, all concealed, incognito, and then destroy something and then run the hell away. Pretty much, it's like, we used to call it, them wimps when we were growing up. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, fuck you, and run down the road. You're like, you. Right, right, right. I hope something really ironic happens to them. I think that'd be great. <laughs> like they slide under a gas truck and taste their own blood? Yeah, <laughs> sure. That's one <laughs> way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, so to answer your question, Jerry, I think it's 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 in the great minority that these protesters that protest Trump and, and, and Milo and others are actually committing crimes. I think a lot of them like to make a lot of noise and, 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 you know, like to make a lot of ironic cardboard signs. And then that's the end of it. But <laughs> So essentially what we've learned is social justice warriors are dumb. Is that accurate? Mm. <clears throat> um, I think that's pretty close. I would say that there's a few. I'm being facetious. <laughs> We're really up for the causes, but aren't really emotionally um, um, you know, reactionary because a lot of the problem with social justice words is, is a big underlying thing is that they're easily, as they say, triggered. You know, they, they get all emotional and, and, and all riled up on something and they forsake thought for, for action and they don't even think of the consequences of what they do. So I don't like to say every one of a certain group acts a certain way, you know, because right. they've been proved wrong many, many times. So even with them, even with the most irritating amount of people or, or, or group of person, I, I will always give them a benefit of doubt because I'm kind of a nice guy like that. But that's my if that's where well, I would almost differentiate uh, social justice warriors as different than actual, you know, activist protesters. Uh, social justice warriors, they're the ones that always strike me is just yelling to hear themselves yell. And the fact that we have a vice president, 
the fact that we have a vice president who uh, is pretty much a creationist now. I'm already getting a spam email from Freedom from Religion Foundation and various other things that are, I mean, he hasn't even done anything yet, and they're up in arms about it. And I'm not going to say I'm not concerned about having someone in that position, but I mean. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think it's a concern. But you still, you need to go into it, and you still need to go into it thinking. You're like, okay, his, here's his position on this, this, this. What is that word, thinking? Yeah, right. It, it seems to be such a fleeting concept, right? And, you know, study not worship tends, tends to be the, the better thing to approach anything with, as I've found. You know, since we want to throw an irrelevant, you know, thing in here, study not worship is definitely... would probably be the, the underlying moral of this of this episode i would say yeah yeah because this apply, applies to everything that we're going to be speaking yeah, exactly. about let's change it up because i think uh we've talked enough about social justice warriors i say that i always say that laughing uh snowflakes what about some snowflakes what are what, what is a snowflake alter uh snowflake is something that happens when it's cold no all of the other snowflakes all yeah, oh, right uh, you know they. Tend that was my to snowflake. A little. Yeah, yeah, I did it there. Well, they tend to be the the really overly sensitive folk that melt under any kind of heat of of disagreement or um, oppositional. Force. Trampled under cloven hoof. <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely, they can definitely melt under the friction of that. That's for sure. So, what is it about them that? I, I, I don't even know what to ask or to start with that. Why do they, why are they hurt so easily? How would they why even get their voice? Hurt them? Why, why, what is that? You know? What? Um, well, you know, I think the, the thing that, uh, you know, honestly, it this seems to be a, a good continuous flow from what we're talking about at the beginning with the definition of social justice words. I mean, it's definitely relevant to tie in. I think it's the fact that they're afraid of being challenged. I think they're afraid of being challenged and having to actually go to a source that, that might prove them wrong. It's like a, a religious person who, um, you know, you, you try to disprove the Bible, say, to a diehard Christian, and you can, like, easily do it with certain passages, but they just won't see the facts that are there. They'll continue to, to um, see, uh, hold on to that security blanket of you know, uh, of misinformation or assumed facts, you know. So with these, uh, with these um, snowflakes, they are really passionate about something. They're really passionate about the environment or they're really passionate about helping out um, oppressed peoples or, or minorities or, or preserving a culture. And they're, even if somebody comes up and saying, hey, you know, there's a way that, that we can improve this culture. It's a bit new. It's a bit different from how they were before, but... Oh, no, 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 because that's going to destroy this, so that's going to happen here. Or, or, you know, it says that this amount of person commits a crime, but it is proved here based on, like, say, Department of Justice statistics that the opposite, in fact, is true. No, I don't want to hear about that, because that just means that, you know, my passion is all for naught. Or, you know, <laughs> I, have to, I have to rethink something. I have to rethink something. I have to, oh, like, okay, what? No, 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 no. Because I'm so passionate, I'm so emotionally invested in this that I don't want to see myself going bankrupt because of some dissenting opinion yeah. that actually holds more water. You know, I want to keep my my bucket 
as full as I can, even though it's a big fucking hole in the bottom. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I think that that sums up what they are coming from. Well, I think one of the things that gets me about really all of these is the fact that they're they're not always, they're not wrong that there are things that can be improved on, but it's their implementation that really just distracts from whatever it is they're trying to say. I, I agree. I, I think it's great to be passionate about something, but you, you should be patient. You should be patient with your passion. You should yeah. you should you should look into it. You're like, okay, I'm really passionate about this this idea. But like, okay, in the, in the field of business, just because you're passionate about an idea doesn't mean that, you know, the idea in itself might be good, but the way you want to implement it may just be way too costly or, it could, you know, it can go any other way where it's just not a good thing to, to go down. So you might have to approach it a different way or find out something else that's out there that may make it be like, well, that idea doesn't really hold water. So maybe if you took that passion and put it someplace that does, you know, and that would work better for yeah. you. This is Magister Robert Johnson. I'm the author of The Satanic Warlock, a book you've probably heard quite a bit about. We've had unprecedented success with this book, and warlocks throughout the world are clamoring for more and more information. The book is just the beginning. The book is just the jumping off point, a primer, so to speak, for warlocks all over the world to gain knowledge, magical knowledge, satanic knowledge, Satanic Warlock website, which will premiere probably within the next couple of months, is going to offer the next level of information. We will expand and upon all areas, including power and seduction, and just what it means to be a man in this post-politically correct era that we're, we're now living in. This book was just the beginning. So, Jump on over to the satanicwarlock.com, sign up for the new information and to be one of the first to join the website. You won't be disappointed. Pseudos and posers, we'll, we'll lump them together. Um, we've got a few questions from our viewers uh, to talk about pseudos a little bit here. Sure. Uh, I'm going to switch it up here with um, David S. He asks, what are your thoughts about the fact that most people, even after 51 years, still don't understand what Satanism is, even ones that call themselves Satanists? What are they missing? Mm. That's pretty... Easy. I like that. 
I get that a lot, so I'm curious to hear what you think, Alder. Yeah. I think uh, I think part of it's cultural. I think, um, and part of it could be entitlement too. Like, um, there's you know out there in in you know the different kinds of people that call themselves Satanist. Um, there's those that are like, well, you can't define it by a certain establishment. And since it's an uh, individualistic religion, um, it's whatever you put into it. Um, so there's that aspect of it. Um, there's also um, a cultural kind of thing where, you know, um, you know, you have people that are just they're Christians or they've grown up with the, the devil is always a boogeyman. There's always an evil person. That's all it will ever be. So anything that has sympathy towards it is automatically the Antichrist. <laughs> so you have those that, that deny, okay, you know, even though you have so much knowledge out there, you still have people like, you know, even there's so much knowledge out there, take for example the, the media, take for example these sort of these so-called journalists, you know, like that say come, you know, come to the Church of Satan and they um, they ask for um, interviews and you know they have all this information they still ask, is it about worshiping the devil? And you know, I'm you know, as I've heard in interviews, the first thing that, you know, um, the uh, that central does is refer them to the frequently asked questions, and they yeah. still after that they still ask. I don't want to read. Yeah, oh my God, God, no! I want you to explain think, it for the seven thousandth time. Yeah, you know, Mega Peter Gilmore has has even said. I'm sure yeah, he said in, in interviews before. Um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but he said, "Hey, you know, yeah, you still have people that that come to the the, the site, and they just you know they go right past." The FAQ and they just go right to the contact and he says it's like it's yep. right up there right next to each other for a very distinct purpose and he's, he's like no just just go right back to the FAQ because 90% of the questions they ask are answered there you know yeah so I think that that's really why people are still not getting it after 51 years is is either they don't want to or they're too lazy to or they feel that it's um, it it's what's around is bunk, and they can do it better themselves. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think a lot of the issue also stems from the fact that there's this there's this growing belief that atheism equals more intelligent. And if you go into any of the most remote atheist groups, you'll see this. Oh, we're me smarter than Christian man. So obviously, if I don't believe in your sky daddy, I don't need to worship your ground troll. And it's like, whoa, it's like time out. Yeah. 50 years, guys, 50 years. I mean, go to Google. And I mean, it's not hard to find out that we're atheists. It's just not. Well, yeah, I mean, they, because they, they have like, they have a knee-jerk reaction to, to anything that calls itself a religion. It, it doesn't matter yeah. if it's, <clears throat> if it's like completely in sync and in line and supportive of, of, of what their worldview or, or, you know, is like atheism, you know, and, and that's why it's been clarified. It's like, well, Satanism starts as atheism, but, um, you know, what several members have stated is that, well, and they've done it in explanations and answering questions that, you know, you've posed in, in group or, you know, you've, you know, the situations that you just stated, Jared, in group mm -hmm. is that they're like, well, uh, atheism is, is making a statement of, of what isn't, what I'm not. I don't yeah. believe there's, I don't see evidence for deity or, 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 or you know, polytheistic representation out there. So I, I'm not going to choose to believe it until I see the facts. You know, they, they, they start with what 
isn't, but, but Satanism starts with what is. I right. am a Satanist. I hold an atheistic view, <laughs> but as, you know, Megas Gilmer has, been, has said, and, and placed it along in tiers of, of progression, of identification, is that, well, you go from that, oh, I, I'm an atheist, I question things, I don't believe that, you know, like, oh, man's created his own God, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to I'm an atheist. I, I create my own future, my own life, my own being here now. Um, I'm the, the God of my conceptual universe. I am an atheist, you know, and they, like they just get stuck in a whole religion thing. That Satanism as a religion equals, uh, you know, Christian-like slaves or, or you know, yeah. sheep, black sheep followers, whatever, you know, whatever they want to call it. You've mentioned the media earlier. Um, uh, right. Was David's second question was, do you feel the media plays a huge part in perpetuating the misconception of Satanism for their own agenda? Uh, as in keeping the masses misinformed. That's oh, a yeah. good question. Good job, yeah. David. Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's a given. You know, you'll, you'll you'll see things that are completely inaccurate all the time, and not just in Satanism, just because, you know, like the whole no no good uh, no news is good news. You know, it's like well, no, you know, to, to a lot of media outlets, no accurate information is good because. Um, other members in the past have said, well, if people knew what Satanism really was about, they'd be bored. You yeah. know? Because it's not about devil worship. It's not about this Hollywood aggrandization uh, of bloody orgies and rituals. And, you know, and so, of course, they're going to perpetuate uh, things to, to get people, you know, the, the term clickbait comes to mind, to get, mm -hmm. to get people to get that traffic so that they can keep their ad revenue going and, and so on and so forth. You know, the marketing technique, if you will. It's it's funny you mentioned that too because it, I, I love that you said that they would be bored because I, I've told my friends who aren't members I go do you know what the very last thing we talk about when we do get together is Satanism it's it's almost the last thing we bring up because we're all so busy and we're we have so many different things going on that are so interesting and so fascinating that we almost we almost don't discuss the thing that brought us here together like when we were in New York I mean we were so busy. We're there to, to <clears throat> celebrate and indulge. We, we don't talk shop. We hardly talk shop there. Yeah, yeah. We get together and it's, what have you been up to? Oh, I'm working on this paper. I've got this project. I've been doing this in the shop. And it's like, you, you, we don't sit around and start reciting the Satanic Bible to each other. You know? yeah. <laughs> uh, Knowing it is what got us here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like a lot of members, and I'm, you know, I'm not surprised by it, but others would be. It's like, yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I know... The, the rules of the earth. I know the sins. I know the statements, but I don't necessarily know their order. Or, or I can't put them all. You know, I can't spout them all out. You know, on the top of, off the top of my head right now. You know, I mean, it doesn't make me less of a saint. It just makes me. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> what you do? You know. <laughs> pop quiz. <laughs> oh, pop quiz. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> Let me stretch over to my bookshelf for a second. All right. <laughs> Smooth. Look, at, look, at Josh, <laughs> yeah. uh, look over there, Jared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Josh, uh, his last question is great. Uh, he says, what do you think pseudos mean when they say that the COS no longer reflects the work of Anton LaVey or that the philosophy in the Satanic Bible needs to evolve with the times? Mm. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite arguing points <laughs> online. <laughs> this is my theory, but I, I feel that it's the conversations I've been part of and, and, and observed is that, well, you know, 
it's almost like an out with the old in with the new kind of thing you know like um you know it was it was done in the 60s and granted the 60s was a different kind of cultural time but i think what they forget is that you know this is a religion based on on human nature you know and in human nature even though we have new technologies and in new, new sympathies for things, laws change, etc. You know the, the needs and 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 ticks and whatnot, and natural inclinations of the, of the human animal um, as its nature is, is, is always stays the same. And, and you know when you have a religion based on that, you know it is fundamental. It's it's tenets, its defining points must always be compatible with that. And you know I've I've looked at a lot of what different people what people. Bring out or have brought in, uh, brought out after what Levay created, calling what they've called as Satanism after Levay, and you know I've I, I've compared them, and, and they're always like trying to tweak it a bit so it's a bit more um, all encompassing. It's a lot more humanistic, you know, and and their their statement, their reasoning has always been like, well, this is how I just puked in my mouth. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> They've, they've always left out that they've always left out the fact that you know the, the human nature component, and they've always brought as an excuse to their their new version that well, this is outdated, and, and what have they created? This is yeah. this is no longer this, or you know, it's a religion based on individualism, so it would not be Satanism if I couldn't make my own, and so right. that's what a lot of them base that detraction um, off of. So there's, I've noticed there's oh sorry, go ahead, I didn't realize you were. Go ahead. Um, okay, just to, to finish, like social Darwinism is one of the big things that they say. Well, you know, um, you know, Satanism, or you know, Levick established that Satanism was, you know, very social Darwinistic. So it's always like, you know, kill or be killed, eat or be eat. Um, you know, screw the weak. You know, all all spoils go to the strong. You know, the whole over encompassing of the Maya's right kind of thing. You know, totally they, they totally take out of proportion, but they don't understand that. You know. Satanism sees man as a as an animal, and but doesn't mean that you have to be some kind of compulsive animal. Uh, you can't accept or consider other people. You you can't be charitable and so on and so forth. So they're really short sighted in that. Yeah. Even even with explicit things <clears throat> in in the in the works that state to the contrary, and and that's what I'm going to say on that. There's, there's two kinds of detractors that I've noticed. There's the kind that think that the definition of Satanism needs to evolve, and then there's the kind that think we're doing it to just mock Christianity. And I often find those in the same group, in the same area, throwing the same just rabble. And it's like, it's like no, the, the definition does not need to evolve. The definition is what it is. We're not like Christians. We know when our religion started. We know who did it and what he said and what we wrote. We don't have 2,000 years of, of misprint and misprint and language, you know, translation errors. We know exactly what was meant. And there was no mention of Levian Satanism. There's no denominations. There is just Satanism. And if you're going to evolve a definition, you should at least understand what the definition is first. And LeVay was smart enough to realize that he had made something all-encompassing. You either fit this perfectly or you don't. And it's, I don't understand what's so hard to understand about that. Let me get this straight. So there's a man, Anton LeVay, who has devoted his entire life to studying, keyword studying, the human animal. And he has come up with a, a, a religion 
and he codified himself based upon his study and understanding of the human animal, and it's called Satanism. So here comes, I don't know, a pseudo, Joe Pseudo. He reads the Satanic Bible. He reads other, hopefully he's reading other literature. Hopefully. Uh, and studying don't. Uh, these things. Um, and then he says, well, I think it can be better, and I think it can do this, because he's, you know, he's done so much more extensive research than LaVey. Um, you know, I, is that pretty much what it is? These guys just come along and they're like, well, you know, it's not for me because they don't accept me because I, I think we should all go and stop as the church of Satan should go over there and stop them from praying. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, well, I'm going to start my own satanic church, uh, to, so we can go do that. Everybody with me? Let's get them. And they don't, uh, well, get it. They you you you're you're good in your approach. I mean, I I definitely see where you're going, uh, John. And yeah, no, I, mean, I don't. I don't see where I'm going with this. No, no, where you're going <laughs> with this is that you know they they assume that they can take something that's so black and white and 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 they can take those black and white and they assume that those colors mix and, and that they that gray gives them access to um, a, a a new color. They can call it something else, right? Um, it, you know, I tell Jared, you've done research, you know, in, into the New Testament, you know, and, and how ambiguous it is, you know, and mm -hmm. you got those 2,000 years as opposed to 50, and we have people alive that, that's, you know, were very, you know, intimate in, in their relationships and correspondence. And we know he was real. Right. <laughs> you know, but where you have the New Testament, you have copies of copies of copies and very contradictory things going on. You know, a very important events, you know, so when it comes down to back to what you're saying, John, is that what they do is they come into it and they agree with 80% of what LaVey says. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that doesn't sound right. That sounds weird. I don't know. I'm going to make something else of this. But and they like the imagery, so they keep it. Yeah, they cherry pick it. They make it a cafeteria religion. And the thing with off is what yeah, and there's like, okay, for example, certain groups have been like, well, you know, I love the atheistic aspect. I love the literature aspect, the first two books of the Satanic Bible, but we don't need the, the, the Leviathan and the Belial. We don't need, we don't need that. That's just, that's just superstitious hocus pocus, you know, that's just Harry Potter BS or whatever, you know. And so they'll take that out and then they'll take the, the first two books and then they'll tweak it to update it and, and then they'll create a new thing and, and they'll still, Pack, package it as um, you know, a, a, like a new flavor with an old label that that yeah. doesn't taste the same at all, you know. And I think that ice cream thing analogy is, is a, a good one. Um, you know, I, that was taken from you know some other members who have used that, and I think that's good. I like that, but that's essentially what they're doing, and because yeah. they're trying to repackage something that they feel dear and passionate about, but I don't feel they've taken the time to really understand it. And that the fact that, oh, there's an authority figure over something that I don't completely agree with, I need to challenge that because Satanism is about challenging authority, um, being an adversary, so that entitles me to, to do that. But they don't consider what I've just gone over. I've always liked to play devil's advocate and say that the one thing that those pseudos are very good at is keeping the waters pure for us. I, I'm so glad that the people who are flocking there have a place to flock to, because if they were holding the same red card as me, I would just look at these people and be like, you know, 
Uh, so, don't even get me started. I, I'm just glad that I'm glad they're not COS members. You know, in in some of them, you know, I would say that some of them have read and are knowledgeable, and and then they've applied and become members in the past. But you know, the the three words that are always great to to reference and, and keep in mind is that time will tell. You know, yeah. time will tell if they really understand a philosophy because it's a you know it's a philosophy that's you know you go out there and, and you and you lead by example. You know, yeah, put so, up or shut up. What's that? Put up or shut up. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, talk is cheap, right? It, so it, it boggles my mind that you know they. Uh, I think that if they actually read and comprehended the works of LeVay, they would never think of starting another thing and calling it Satanism. So I don't think that actually they've actually read anything, <coughs> or their comprehension well, skills are are left wanting. Well, not only do they not read the material, but half of them don't even go to their so-called activist stuff. They are the keyboard warriors we mentioned. They're just their own pseudo-snowflakes. So they're like third-generation unoriginal. I mean, I mean there's, yeah, there's that. I mean, either like, they don't... How are you going to ride the coattails of somebody who's riding coattails? Well, they don't read it, or they don't feel like it's the all-encompassing thing that they want to... Um, accept or they're not creative enough to, to take some elements of, of different things and create something new by another name if, if they did that that would be fine you know I mean you know, if they didn't use the word Satanism yeah well I mean there's lots of there's lots of things um, out there that people can do you know there's that saying that there's nothing new under the sun but you know there's there's always things you can do you know I mean, the Bible actually you know, it's like not whether or not they, they should make something else. It's like whether or not, hey, look, th this religion's there. Um, you know, this is what encompasses. Either I'm a part of it or I'm not. You know, you can go out and find something else. You can be nothing or you can take the time to create something that doesn't step on anyone else's toes. Yeah, to, to uh, dare to strengthen what you said earlier about, the, you know, these pseudo groups <clears throat> being a filter <clears throat> for, for the church and and. and, and you're thankful that they're not members. Um, I think uh, the words that were written on the old website, um, if you guys remember this, uh, still stands true and probably will forever. Uh, we're looking for a few outstanding individuals. Yep. And that's the reason why they're not a part of it. That was from uh, an article originally, wasn't it? I want to I want to say there was a poster of that from the 60s or 70s where Anton LaVey had said that. I have to look back. But um, I could have sworn that either was it could have been the Black Flame originally. I don't know. I mean, I don't recall. It was it was associated with that image of Levay in the center with the the, the devil horns, and then everyone else had masks. Yeah, and he's pointing the sword, and he's pointing the sword. Yeah, that, yeah, that was on the old website. Really great and stunning image, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true. We're looking for a few outstanding individuals. Yeah. Yeah. And I've told I've had that conversation with a number of people and and uh, I, I've always tried to make it clear that I, I don't care if my talks result in a single application being filled out or a thousand. What I want to do is clarify what Satanism is and what it isn't. And most importantly, odds are someone I'm speaking to is about Satanism in, in these groups is not going to apply. I didn't 
I, I found it myself. No one told me about it. Um, but what might happen is a friend or family member might, you know, come out of the dark closet and reveal themselves to be a Satanist. And they could have had that knee jerk reaction if they hadn't have spoken to somebody who said, hey, wait a minute, this is what it is. So if it could help smooth the transition between people out there, that, that's really my, my end game. Yeah. If you well, guys uh, recall the, um, the, the, uh, the Devil You Know podcasts episode with, um, and we had I've Adam never Roberts heard that on. show. <laughs> we have Adam <laughs> Roberts on, and he, he visited uh, some event or something that um, the pseudos were mm-hmm. at, and he, he ended up talking to one of them, and he... He talked to the man himself. Yeah, I know, but he mentioned this one girl that was there that was that was a member of that of that organization. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, uh, he said to her, uh, you know, something about reading the Satanic Bible, and she's like, oh, I've, I've never read that. Maybe I should give that a read. And I'm, I'm just like, what? I... I... I wish we'd. I, I remember when Adam was talking about that on the show, and I, I wish that uh, someone would recorded it. And he was wise not to, for exactly the reason he said. But man, if you want to talk about what he did, was he just stomped the boot on the flame of that one? And there's just unfortunately no uh, no record of it. But I, man, it's he did great. He did great. I've had a couple online interactions with that man himself, and it was it was pretty funny how it ended up. Um, the logical fallacies are pretty funny. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, gone wild. Um, you know the whole oh, I haven't read the Satanic Bible yet. I'm a Satanist. It, it's that they feel that what they've established as defined tenets of their quote unquote Satanism. Um, it's it's so general. I mean, you could you can you can apply those to to you know what LeVay said, but. There, you know, theirs is obviously humanistic, or some of them are more humanistic or, or more explicitly worship, but they feel that it's different enough. Point is, they feel it's different enough from what LeVay established is actual Satanism that right. it's different enough so we can we can still put the name to it. But when they put the name to something that they call a religion, they they have no choice but to go back to um, what was it originally called as a religion. Okay, or where was right. it originally established as a religion, and what were the establishing established points of that? And, and we come back to 1966, um, and and then with the actual 1969, with the actual written, um, you know, putting putting in the book itself. So yeah. you, you have to do that, and that's with everything. That's just not with Satanism. That's with with everything, with any philosophy you want to um, call yourself or religion. It, it's not completely exclusive to Satanism only. I think the, the underlying or the overlying um, moral of this episode, and you mentioned it earlier, Alda, is is study, not worship. It applies to everything we've talked about. Social justice warriors not getting all the data, not getting all of the all the information and the facts. Okay, that F word, the facts that they need. And and because if they did have the facts, they probably wouldn't be acting the way they, they are. The snowflakes, if they if they just understood something a little more and like you said the world not being a perfect little place where everyone gets a trophy and you're gonna right. you know there are words out there that might hurt you brush it off you know they don't get that so if they mm-hmm. if they studied that part that aspect of life uh, they could better themselves there and uh, when it comes to the pseudos and posers um study not worship the, the very religion what we say about the religion study not worship uh, i think that's the main underlying and overlying more you know moral of this whole episode is is i agree i agree yeah definitely yeah 
We want to thank you for coming on, Elder. I think it was fucking awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. No, it's yeah. Yeah. It was great. Great. So much yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, everyone, till next time. <laughs>